Hello and welcome to the Allplane Podcast, here with the people that are redefining the future of commercial aviation. And as usual, before I introduce today's guest, let me give you the usual reminder that you can find all the previous episodes of this podcast, as well as many other aviation stories on the Allplane website. That's allplane.tv, A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E.tv. Today we touch upon a topic that has been making headlines lately and it is in some ways a source of concern because the world is right now basically going through a period of very strange supply chains. For this episode of the podcast we welcome Zvi Schreiber, founder and CEO of Freitos, a digital platform for air cargo. So we're going to have a look at the world of air freight a segment of the aviation industry that doesn't get nearly as much attention as the passenger side of things. How is the value chain in air cargo structure? Who are the operators that get involved when you ship something by air? And how are COVID and war affecting the air cargo supply chains? We will talk about all this and much more with Zvi, who is a serial entrepreneur, basically disrupting the wall of air cargo through his digital ventures. Hello, Zvi. How are you? Good, Mikhail. Great to be on. Great to uh, speak with you again. I'm very um, happy to have you here on the on the podcast because you are an expert in an area that I know very little about, and I think that's going to be a great opportunity to learn a lot about air cargo and air freight, which is well a segment of the industry that has grown a lot in the last couple of years because of well basically the pandemic many airlines had to switch to cargo and it's been yeah it's it's been a, a very hot area of aviation and you know it's an area that doesn't have as much visibility because it, it kind of happens behind the scenes you are the founder and ceo of Fratos, which is a digital platform for this segment of the industry and first of all let me ask you like every guest to introduce Introduce yourself and your professional background and how you got into air freight. Uh, sure. Um, I'm Zvi Schreiber, uh, originally from London, but I've lived uh, most of my life in Jerusalem. I've got a software background, a PhD in computer science, and I started my career as a software engineer. But for many years, I've been an entrepreneur, um, mainly uh, building software companies. But, but for two years, in 2010, 2011, I was CEO of a hardware company uh, called Litech, as it happens. Uh, I was able to sell that after a couple of years, but we were making uh, power supplies in China and shipping them uh, by ocean and by air from China to Europe, from China to, to America. And so during those two years, I learned all about the, uh, the shipping and uh, air cargo uh, industries. And I was kind of shocked to dis- discover how old fashioned they are. And so right after um, I sold that business in, in 2012, exactly 10 years ago, I started Freitas. The idea being like uh, to be like booking.com for international freight, to make international shipping, ocean and air, as uh, easy as uh, international passenger travel. That's, uh, that's the vision at uh, Freitas. If I understand correctly, you've been growing like crazy this last couple of years. I don't know if that's more connected to the fact that many airlines have looked at cargo as a sort of a, a way to basically continue operating when it was not possible for passengers to fly, but also because of all the, the whole situation right now with the supply chains that seem to be very strained. We, we can cover this in more detail now, but what do you think is the, the main driver here for all this uh, growing interest in cargo, in air cargo? 
Well, uh, funnily enough, I, I think that it was clear that air cargo was finally ready for a digital revolution, even before COVID. Now, COVID absolutely brought extra focus for a few reasons. One reason is what you said, that pre-COVID, many airlines, you know, cargo was only 5 or 10% of their revenue. Uh, during COVID, the passenger revenue dropped off dramatically and, and uh, cargo became an important part of their revenue. So definitely cargo got more attention in the last two years. Uh, additionally, the old-fashioned way of selling air cargo was you had an Excel with your winter schedule and your winter price and an Excel with your summer schedule and your summer price. So it was very inflexible. It was only updated twice a year. Um, that is completely crazy during COVID when the, the schedules and the situation is changing every day. Flights are getting cancelled and reinstated and passenger planes are getting converted to cargo planes. So things are changing very rapidly. So without a doubt, COVID created an extra need for a digital uh, revolution. Having said that, the air cargo industry was going that way anyway. So in 2018, we, we connected to Lufthansa as the first major airline to have any kind of API, any kind of electronic real-time connection for booking. In 2019, uh, they were joined by IAG, which is you know, British Airways and Iberia, uh, and also Air France KLM. So uh, we already had three major airlines uh, before COVID uh, who had uh, a digital connection dynamic prices, instant booking. And then in 2020, we already had plans for a few more airlines, even before anyone knew about COVID. So the um, the digital revolution was uh, started, was going to happen in 2020 anyway. Uh, and then, of course, with COVID, uh, it took on extra urgency, uh, for sure. Having reached this point, I just wanted to walk back a little bit, because I guess many people in the audience, including myself, are not too familiar with the, with the way that the air cargo industry operates. So very briefly, can you summarize how is the value chain in air cargo? I mean, who are the main um, counterparties? Uh, we have air cargo operators that are specialized, companies like Cargolux and Volga Nieper, for example, which are pure cargo operators. Then you have, let's say, the, the regular airlines that fly people, but also they fly cargo as well. Either they have specialized units and aircraft, or, or they or they fly it in the in the belly of, of passenger aircraft as well. And then you have the freight forwarders. Then obviously you have the industry, so the people that are shipping, the people that are receiving the cargo. Who else is involved in this business, and how does it normally work? Let's say I'm some industry that wants to ship something to the other side of the world. What would be the process here, and who would get involved in the different steps? I mean, I know it, this can be quite complex. So just to give an, a, a like a basic idea of how this works sure well uh, let's start from the beginning so um, if you buy something in a shop in, in Barcelona or in, in New York City 90% uh, chance it's imported so uh, a huge part of the goods that we buy are uh, imported about uh, pre-COVID about 19 trillion dollars worth of goods were imported and exported across borders each year uh, during COVID that's actually gone up so it's even higher. So it's a huge part of the world economy. Um, the majority of those goods go by ocean, which is a lot uh, cheaper, but a lot slower. Um, a, a few percent go by air, but a lot of the most valuable goods go by air. So by value, about 30% of goods are going by, by air, not ocean. Uh, by volume, it's much less, maybe, maybe 10% or so. I don't remember exactly are going by air. Uh, versus ocean. The total uh, spend on air cargo um, a year is about $65 uh, billion. Uh, that's not including the small packages, not including FedEx, UPS, DHL, small package, which is a separate industry, but about $65 billion uh, spent each year on um, air cargo. Again, uh, more during uh, COVID. Uh, sorry, um, one question. What, what sort of cargo is more makes more sense to ship by air compared to shipping by, uh, by ship? I, I 
obviously yeah. things that need to move fast, I guess, like some special foods and stuff like that. Maybe uh, medicines, uh, vaccines now, yeah. as we have seen. What, what, what else would, would make sense to ship by air? Yeah, so the, there's three main categories, I would say. Things which are very valuable, uh, small and valuable. Diamonds, um, iPhones, which are really quite small and, and you know, worth $1,000 or something. Um, uh, jewelry. Um, and then things which are perishable, like you said. So um, tuna for sushi or, or flowers or things which, are, which can't last for a, for a month on the ocean. Um, some types of fruits sometimes. And the third category is anything unexpected. So even toys will normally go by ocean, but if suddenly there's a shortage and the shelf is empty because some toy is popular uh, or the fashions change, uh, then it will go by, um, it will go, of course, by air. Uh, if, um, if, a car, if, if a car breaks down and there's a rare part missing or an aircraft breaks down or a ship breaks down and there's a, a, a piece missing and it's urgent, then it will go by air. So anything which is urgent and un unexpected will go by air. Um, another interesting category, of course, is fast fashion, and uh, I believe you're in Spain, so of course uh, yep. you're familiar with Inditex there, or Zara, which is their most famous brand, mm -hmm. and they change their uh, fashion so quickly that, that, that a huge amount of, their, of Zara's clothes are going by air as well. Oh, interesting. I would have never guessed that. You know, I thought uh, clothing was one of the things that <laughs> was 100% sure it was going by ship, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you think that, but for fast fashion, yeah. no, because they, they want to... True. The, there's a new a new uh, fashion they wanted in the shops within three weeks you know mm -hmm. yeah sorry i interrupted you earlier um you were explaining us the, yeah. the supply chain and and the value chain in, in air cargo yeah so those are the things that go by air about 65 billion dollars spent a year uh, about half of that is going on passenger flights on the lower deck of passenger flights especially passenger flights in wide-bodied aircraft aircraft with two aisles um, 787, 747s, wide-body aircraft have a significant amount of uh, cargo capacity on the lower deck. So about half of cargo is going on passenger aircraft and about half is going on freighter aircraft, which either specialist uh, airlines, like you mentioned, Cargolax, uh, but also some passenger airlines like Lufthansa or Qatar Airways are, are operating freighters uh, as well. But let's say you have different different players in in this movement yes so you have obviously the shipper so if you're you're, you're someone shipping what would be your what would be the way to go you would go to a freight forwarder and Correct. the freight forwarder is a bit like a travel travel agent but for cargo and Correct. he will do all the arrangements for you so he would find an operator able to 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 carry your cargo uh, he would negotiate the terms or, or find the prices or whatever the conditions and then it would be up to the freight forwarder i guess to to basically to make the arrangements with an operator uh that has been selected and and yeah. then what happens at the other end is it also the the freight forwarder that is taking care of the delivery to the final destination or there's some other some other intermediary as well once it, it lands at destination yeah, okay, great question. So yes, if I'm an importer or an exporter, you're, you're quite right, I'll normally go to a freight forwarder. There's a, it's a big industry, there's about 100,000 freight forwarders in the world. They are like travel agents, but it's more complicated because when passengers walk onto the plane themselves and walk off the plane themselves, uh, when you're sending cargo, uh, the freight forwarder has to make sure it gets to the airport and gets on the plane and gets off the plane, gets through customs and gets to the destination. So they have to pull the whole thing together. And they would, uh, uh, they would take care as well of, let's say, the, the last mile and the first correct. mile as well. So like the, all the modular transport to and from the airport, 
from the exactly. original destination to the final destination. That would be up to the freight forwarder as well. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to import some some goods by air, let's say from China to, to Spain, you'll go to a freight forwarder in Spain. Uh, they will normally then go to a, to a different freight forwarder in China uh -huh. who can take care of the first mile. They'll take care of the last mile. Um, yeah. One of them normally at the origin, the freight forwarder in China will normally go to the airline or in the Chinese market, they'll often go to a master loader. So they'll often be uh, in Europe, this wouldn't necessarily be, be the case, but in China, there's normally an extra layer or two of master loaders between the freight forwarder and the airline. And and that's right, the two freight, the freight forwarder in Spain, to, with the help of the freight forwarder in, in China, will make sure that they book space on an airline and that they get it so first mile, get it on the plane, get it off the plane, get it through the customs, pay the duties and get it uh, to your warehouse or to your shop. And does it make any difference to arrange a cargo shipment with, a, let's say, a regular airline that flies passengers as well, or with a specialized cargo operator? Is this just a, a difference of what's available at each time? It's or basically the same, yeah, because even when you go to, you know, if you go to Iberia, you're going to go to the cargo division. You're not going to speak to the yeah. people who are doing passengers, so they have a team mm -hmm. who deal with cargo. So it will be similar whether it's going on a passenger plane or a freighter plane, but depending on the country, there may be some differences in security. Um, for example, some, in some countries, the cargo has to all be x-rayed if it's going on a passenger plane but it's less sensitive if it's going on a, on a freighter. You mentioned that this is a, a market that it hasn't been that much digitalized. What's the reason? Because, for example, like airline industry was one of the first industries to adopt online bookings. For example, like when no one was shopping online, you could, you could already book a flight on, on an airline website, for example. But it, it seems that it's not the case with air cargo. What are the reasons yeah. for, for that lag in adoption of, of technology? The, the only reason I can find is that what you said before, that the uh, airlines were more focused on passengers and therefore the, uh, the priority for IT projects was always passengers and not cargo. But now that's starting to change. Much, it took much longer the, than for passengers. But finally, in the last uh, two, two, three years, we've got many, many airlines who've got a, a digital connection where we can get instant pricing and place bookings. And uh, Freitos, uh, many years ago, acquired a company called Web Cargo in Barcelona. And uh, through, our, through our Web Cargo division, we've, been, we've become the uh, leading platform which connects freight forwarders to, um, to, to the airlines. So we're like Web Cargo is like the Amadeus or the Sabre of um, international um, you know, air cargo. And it's grown, as you mentioned kindly in the beginning, it's grown like 100x in the last two years. So wow. We've grown, you know, we now have more than 30 airlines. We have now 3,000 freight forwarders using it, and it's growing very, very rapidly. So the exciting thing is it took a long time for air cargo to go digital, but when it did in the last two years, it's, uh, the adoption was very, very fast. So uh, with Freitos, what people can do is basically find quotes. So if you want to ship something, you basically bring together supply and demand. You provide pricing. It's a way for, for the dif different operators in this, in this market to transact in an easy, transparent, convenient way. Yeah, so we end up having two platforms. So Freitos.com is a public site. It's a bit like Booking.com, where any importer or exporter can go and, and get prices and book. Mm -hmm. um, and that connects really the importer and exporter to the freight forwarder. And then WebCargo is a platform which connects, which is a bit more like, for those who know, it's a Sabre and Amadeus in the passenger travel. So that's the platform which is for the professional freight forwarder to connect to all of the airlines and also starting with the ocean liners uh, as well. 
and it's available only for professionals. So you have web cargo uh, is only for professionals. Yeah, you need to be a freight forwarder to register on the site, and and then you can request quotes. Uh, for example, uh, can you give us an example of uh, what someone using the platform would be doing in order to get some pricing and and what happens next? I mean, once you get some quote, what's the next step in this process? Yeah, I mean, it's quite simple. The freight forwarder will will search from WebCargo. Let's say they want to send 300 kilos from uh, Barcelona Airport to Chicago O'Hare Airport. So they will search on WebCargo. They'll see price quotes from uh, many airlines and also many options. They may say, that, you know, they can send it Lufthansa through Frankfurt on, on Monday or, or Lufthansa through Brussels on Tuesday or, you know, British Airways through London or Finnair through Helsinki or Qatar Airways through Doha. They'll see many options, uh, different days, different prices. And so then just... they press book. Just like a, like as you would do with a, booking a, a, a ticket to fly on a holiday, for example, you, you would go to a search engine or one of these, yes. uh, like a, an online travel agency and, and then book, want to fly from point A to point B and they give you all the different options. So you want to go from Barcelona to Chicago, they would on that date and uh, that time and BA can fly you there for that price, et cetera, et cetera. And then you, you get, I guess, different, different routings, different conditions as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, normally for cargo, there's actually more options because if you want to fly from Barcelona to New York, you probably much prefer to get a direct flight. Yeah. You certainly don't, you don't want to stop in Helsinki for 12 hours or, or in Doha or in Tel Aviv. Uh, but if you're sending cargo, you might not mind. So uh -huh. there's many more options, you know, so... Often when you're sending cargo, you want it there quickly, but you don't mind if it stops for a few hours. So you're going you're gonna to look at Finnair, you're going to look at Turkish through Istanbul, you're going to look at Qatar Airways through Doha, uh, you might look at Alal through Tel Aviv, options which you wouldn't consider as a passenger, um, mm -hmm. but are, are quite uh, practical for sending cargo. And then you, you get the, these options. Uh, what's the next step as an operator that you would, you would uh, follow? Oh, well, then you press the book button um, and, um, and then you're the freight forwarder. So then you've got it booked on the flight. Then you will arrange a truck to go and, and do the first mile, pick up the goods and take it to the airport and put it on the check it in. And that would, that would be done also on the platform or that would be separate? No. You only take no, care well, we, of the... We also, have, yeah, we also have separate platforms for trucking rates in the US, for example. But generally, the freight forwarder would arrange the first mile um, offline using their relationship with a local trucking company. Mm -hmm. And you, your business model is based on a commission on that transaction or there's a, a, a set fee for a transaction? How does it work? Yes, uh, we get a certain fee from the airlines, which depending on the circumstances could be a flat or, or a percentage. Uh, the freight forwarders can use the basic booking platform for free, although we have a lot of extra tools which have a subscription. So some of the, uh, many of the freight forwarders choose to also pay us a subscription for, for extra features. So a subscription would give you access to using the platform? And well, you can use the a freight forwarder can use the platform for free for booking. Yeah. But if they want to use extra features, for example, build the quote for their for their client, or, or uh, there are other features for the freight forwarders which cost money. Okay, understood. You've uh, been working with uh, quite a few airlines, right? I mean, you mentioned thirty operators, something like that. Yes. Uh huh. Is this a market that you mentioned? It's it's adopting digitalization quickly. Are we? getting to a point where everything is going to be digital at some point soon or what, what where are we now in this adoption curve yeah i think we, yes i think you know we have many of the biggest 
airlines. Just uh, yesterday, we were proud to announce that American Airlines is joining our platform. Okay. Uh, we already have many big airlines, Lufthansa, Air France, KLM, um, IEG Group, uh, which includes British Airways, uh, Qatar, Turkish, Etihad, um, Delta. So um, we already have, uh, you know, Finnair, El Al, uh, I'm not remembering all of them off the top of my head, so apologies to the airlines I didn't mention, but uh, we have quite a few big carriers uh, who already represent about almost 40% of the world market in terms of mm. capacity. So I hope by the end of this year, we'll be above 50%. Uh-huh. And so that's already, you know, once 50% is digitized, yeah. you can say this is a digital market, and then maybe it will take one or two more years for everyone else to join. And right now in the world, there's a problem with supply chains. There's scarcity. Some products, some industries cannot get their, their inputs on time. Why is this happening? I mean, and is, is air cargo somehow to blame, like quote unquote, or, or it can be actually the opposite? It can be air cargo is something that can raise up to the challenge and help alleviate some of these problems. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason for the supply chain problems is, is not air cargo. Um, the primary reason is that people are buying more stuff, uh, mm-hmm. especially Americans. So uh, during COVID, people started spending less money on uh, restaurants and travel, and they started spending more time on home and, and spending more money on, on gadgets and, and furniture and clothes uh, for their homes. So uh, the main reason for the supply chain crisis is that consumer spending on goods suddenly jumped up by, by as much as 20%. Uh-huh. And the whole network was not prepared for that. There's the ships, the ports, the containers, the trucks. Nobody was ready for a 20% jump. Uh, that's the primary reason. Now, uh, air cargo has some extra problems. But, but remember that the, the vast majority of the goods are going by ocean. Yeah. Uh, but air cargo added some extra problems because uh, during COVID, a lot of passenger flights were canceled. And so that reduced the capacity of uh, air cargo. And so that's uh, added a little bit to the problem, but that's not the main reason. So is there not a problem with, um, let's say, the supply of, of uh, means of transportation as well because of all the uh, COVID restrictions in some key areas of the world? I'm thinking like China, Hong Kong, areas that move lots of merchandise now have very strict lockdowns and stuff like that. I don't know if that, up, up to what point that has affected as well the, the supply chains. Yeah, no, I mean, there have been, t- right now the ports in China and Hong Kong are working as normally, the airports and the um, seaports are working as normal, although the number of passenger flights is down. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times also where certain ports got closed or partially closed because of COVID outbreaks. Um, we had the airport in Shanghai was partially closed for a while because of, of the COVID outbreak. But but mainly, no, mainly, that's not the main reason. Uh, the, the ports um, are working as normal in, in almost every case. And China is uh, manufacturing more or less as normal. Uh, they have uh, they don't have lockdown. They have a lot of uh, restrictions on traveling outside of China, or even restricting restrictions traveling between uh, regions sometimes. But and uh, you know, but basically the factories are working and the ports are working. And and the main reason for the supply chain problems is more demand. And uh, we went from a pandemic to war. So how does this this current conflict in in Ukraine and Russia, and particularly the the closure of airspaces in this huge area that, that straddles basically between between Europe and Asia. Is this something that is already affecting cargo operations? Have you noticed any changes in the way that companies and shippers operate along these routes? 
Yes, I mean, the the uh, tragic war in Ukraine does have an impact also on air cargo. Um, the First of all, there is some capacity in Russian airlines, uh, particularly Airbridge Cargo is a Russian uh, cargo airline, uh, and Aeroflot uh, have a little bit of cargo. Uh, and they're now uh, very limited how much they can uh, fly, uh, certainly to the West. So that's a little bit of capacity which is taken out of the market. There's also an issue with the, the biggest freighter airlines in the world are Antinovs, yeah, uh, the biggest one was destroyed, and it, quite often those are maintained in the Ukraine. So there could be an issue with keeping the Antonovs, uh, Antonovs uh, flying. So, so there's that issue, and then also for the Western airlines, uh, they can't fly over Russian airspace. That's not a huge impact, but it does make some flights a little bit longer. Uh, and then finally, of course, the price of fuel has increased a lot, which is a big. Mm-hmm. Which will definitely definitely impact the cost of the, uh, the costs of the airlines. Because what what are the normal, not the normal, but what are the the main routes for for air cargo? Are there specific corridors that stand out? Uh, I, we have all seen those those maps of uh, shipping lanes where they're very clearly some some very well defined corridors. I don't know if that's the same case for air cargo. There are some some lanes, some corridors that stand out from the rest. Yeah, I mean, it's what you would guess. Uh, I mean, there's air cargo going all around the world, but the, um, a lot of it is originating in Asia, uh, China, Hong Kong, Southeast Asia. So that's where a lot of the factories are. So the routes from China and from South, uh, to, to a lesser extent from Southeast Asia to, to the West, to Europe, to North America, uh, those are some of the biggest routes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to, uh, well, I think we, we got a, a pretty good, good uh, overview of how the market is at the moment. What do you anticipate could be the next, let's say, the, the, the near future and the medium-term future for air cargo? I'm talking about the industry as a whole. Uh, are there specific trends that we should be looking at or some macro drivers of this industry that deserve attention? Yeah, I think uh, e-commerce is a clear macro driver. People are buying more stuff online. And related to that, the fact that product cycles are getting quicker. So people, we talked about fast fashion, electronics, of course, change very quickly. Um, So I think um, without a doubt, that's driving more goods into the air when people need to change the the specification of goods, the fashion of goods very, very fast, then uh, air cargo becomes an important uh, factor. Mm-hmm. For people that want to learn more about Fredos and, and web cargo, um, any resources, any social media channels, websites, etc., you would uh, lead them to? Both of our websites have resources sections. So uh, if you look at uh, Fredos.com or webcargo.co, um, they are both, um, both have resource sections, uh, links to the press, uh, videos. Uh, and of course, we're in, in all the uh, normal social medias. Being that we're business to business, we have a particular emphasis on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I, I post articles on LinkedIn quite often, uh, but we're in the other social media as well. So you personally or as Freitas, as a company? Uh, yeah, mostly as Freitas, um, okay. but, but occasionally personal as well. Very good. So I'm going to add all, all those links to the, to the show notes so that oh, thank you. people can get easy access to them. And yeah, thank you so much for, for this overview. I think, yeah, with, uh, as we mentioned, all the supply chains taking the center stage, I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about the air cargo market in, in the near future. Yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Mikael. It was a fun conversation.
before you go, and if you like this podcast, a quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify, or whichever platform you are using, or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much, and see you soon. Yeah.